Such a good song, and I encourage you all to go and listen to it again today, later on. It's called Potter and Friend. You can just YouTube it. It'll be right there for you. Um, The song is based out of Isaiah 64, verse 8, where it says, And yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. Today, my hope is that we have a new understanding of who we are in God's eyes. Not our own eyes, but in God's eyes. And what this verse is saying is that we are his craftsmanship. God is the potter. We are the clay. And I love the last part. We all are formed by his hand. There is no exception. All right, this verse does not exclude you. It includes all of us. And there are so many times in our life, the things that we're walking through, where we feel like this verse belongs to everyone else but me. And it's because we have this understanding of God that is totally false, that he's this God that's up in the sky, this judge that is ruling down on us, ready to rain a sentence on us because of the bad things that we have done, rather than what he truly is, which is a God who loves us and who is after us and who wants the best things for us. And I know there is a lot of us, just based on conversations and things that we're seeing, on, even on the news, people that are battling with depression, with suicide, with anxiety and fear and doubt and all sorts of worries right now in this world that we are living in. And the reason that we are struggling with those things is because we don't fully understand who we are to God. And that understanding will blow all those things away and blow our minds as well. We have to know it. We have to know it is the very foundation. I believe God in Scripture all over the place is screaming this to us. He's screaming how much He loves us by no greater evidence than the fact that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. My goodness, what else do we need? He loves us. But instead of embracing that and believing that, we look in the mirror at ourselves and see what we see rather than what God sees. And we let the spirit of depression and anxiety and fear and suicide and doubt creep in. And so this morning, I pray that we will have that new understanding of what God truly believes about us. So what we're going to do is we're going to take these verses of this song and break them down line by line, just like we would if it's scripture. The first line of this verse, of the first verse says, Potter, O potter, you sought this heart from the beginning. What an amazing line. That, and I, I just, we need to put it in context first, because if we read it just, just on the surface, it's, it's good, but it's not as good as it really is. And so in context, what we're talking about here is God pursuing us and our heart. The God who created the heavens and the earth and every star in the sky and every universe that we know exists, right? We have these telescopes that scientists and astronomers use and and as, as technology advances, so do these telescopes. And they, it seems like every time they think that they've reached the limit of what they can see and the beauty of all the different galaxies, Technology comes along and allows them to see a little bit further and then a little bit further and a little bit further. And all that it displays is God's greatness and his creativity and his magnificence and his majesty that the heavens declare the glory of God. And it's awesome. 
God as our creator is the best. As an artist, he is the best. As the potter, he is the best. And the thing is, I really believe that our knowledge and our view and our sight of God's creative ability is just a fraction of what he can really do. I honestly believe when we get to heaven, we're going to see new colors. We're going to smell new, new fragrances. We're going to taste new tastes. And we're so limited here. It's like if you go into, if you go into Publix and you go to the free sample table and you take a bite, you go, oh, that's good. And you think that is all that, the, that Publix has to offer, right? That's the limit of what they can give you in terms of food. That is like our understanding of God's creative ability. But, but it, it, would, it, would be, it would be silly because behind that table of free samples is rows and rows of foods. Different, different styles too, Mexican, Italian, American, whatever the case may be, uh, all of it. Then you have the seafood in the back. You have the, the vegetables and the fruits. And then, oh, then we get to go to the bakery and there's cookies and donuts and cakes and all sorts of amazing stuff. And let's not forget the deli, right? With all the meats and the cheeses and the subs and the rotisserie chicken and the fried chicken. Thank you, Jesus. There's all that goodness behind that free sample table. All that stuff. And when we taste and we see of God's creative ability, y'all, all we're doing is getting that free sample at the front of the store. Can I just say for a second, I hate you 2020 for taking away our free sample tables. I know that that is a first world problem complaint, but that's the world I live in. And I miss that free sample. It was good. We'll get it back one day, I promise. But that is, that is what it's like when we, I mean, just consider this then. With God's creative ability and everything that is at his disposal, the verse says he sought our heart. Why? Because of everything that he has created, the greatness of his creation, and as far-reaching as it is, and as how deep the oceans are, and as how high the mountains are, he sought us because we are his prized possession. We are the ones that are created in his image. No star, no ocean, no beautiful sky, no sunrise. We are created in his image. You are created in his image. Don't ever think that you are not precious in God's sight. With everything that he has created, he sought our heart from the beginning. He sought our heart. Hmm, kind of an interesting line there, right? Think about what the beginning was like for you before either you knew Jesus or maybe you're sitting in here watching online and you still don't know Jesus. What is your heart like now? From the beginning, God has sought our heart. Powerful stuff. Why? Let's keep going. It says, but still, the next line, but still. So Potter, oh Potter, you sought this heart from the beginning, but still, right? Why but still? Because our hearts are a mess. And it didn't stop God. But still means that he wasn't scared off. But still means that he, he wasn't waiting for us to get our act together. But still he came after us. And this is what it says. You, God, put this clay in your hand, even though it was ugly and filthy. 
The lyrics do not say you put this clay in your hand after the clay cleaned itself up and got rid of the ugliness and the filthiness of itself. Why? Because clay can't, can't clean itself. Look, I, 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 I dare you to challenge me on that. Go home today, find yourself some clay, get it real dirty and just watch and wait for it to clean itself. See what happens. It's going to be a long day. You're not going to get much done because clay can't clean itself. And in the same way, we cannot clean ourselves. I hate to spoil it to you, but all the ugliness and the filthiness that we try and make up for because we have this misunderstanding of who God is, it's never going to work because clay can't clean itself. And so what God did, knowing that he saw us from the beginning and the filthiness and the ugliness of our hearts, the things that we hide, the things that we're ashamed of, the things that we try and make up for by doing this, that, and the other. He says, no, 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 you can't clean yourself. But I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to place you in my hand, and I am going to clean you off. I am going to take away the ugliness and the filthiness. It does not scare me. You don't owe me anything. I'm doing this because I'm the potter, and you're the clay not the other way around. So he picks us up and he puts us in his hand. And this is what he says over us. He says, you called it the best kind. You called me the best kind. When God takes us and all of the stuff and all of the junk that we have, the baggage that we carry around, he looks at us, he says, there you are. I've been after you from the word go. And now I got you. And you're the best. Of everything that I've made, you're the best. Don't worry about the ugliness and the filthiness. I got that. I got that. You just let me handle it. Anyone in here ever taken pottery in high school? Anyone? A few of us? Okay. I took pottery in high school. It was a mistake. 10th grade year at Fletcher. We had, we had two pottery teachers, I believe, at the time at Fletcher. There was the cool, chill one that everyone wanted to have, that most people did have. And then there was the other one. I had the other one. <laughs> and I took the class because I thought it'd be fun. I think it was only a semester long. That'd be easy A or whatever. And I remember, you know, taking this class. I'm like, what am I doing? On the very first day, I was like, this, this, this is a mistake. I should not have done this. Because I'm not, I, I can't do pottery. I've tried and it's terrible. And what this teacher would do uh, a couple times during the semester is she would have us take all the hardened, discarded clay that we hadn't used or that maybe we had used but yet, you know, peeled off or whatever and thrown into a pile. And she put all of it, and it was a lot, into a big rubber commercial trash can. And then she'd dump a bunch of water in it. And she'd say, all right, class, go work the clay. And so we would have to take a day or two or even a week, however long it, it took, to reach our hands down into this big old trash can and work this clay that was hard and had been, you know, kind of thrown to the side that wasn't being used. And I hated doing that because it stunk. Literally, it smelled bad. And you, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not a big guy, okay? And so for me to do it, I had to like dive into this trash can with my feet like dangling in the air, just trying to push down, reach the bottom where all the clay was. So my face was like immersed in the smell of this old clay in the water. Like, this is not fun. Why, why did I take this class? 
And I hated it. And the reason that I hated it is because I didn't see any purpose in saving this clay. I didn't see any reason to do so. Why? It's hard. It's discarded. We don't need it. Our projects are turned in. And the reason that I didn't see any purpose with it is because I am not an artist. I cannot work with clay. All right, the best thing I could ever do was maybe make this little bowl that was skewed to one side that hopefully didn't break, and that was it. So I saw no point in it. Like, this is a waste of time. Can we just get on to the next thing? And you know what's sad? Is for a lot of us, when we look in the mirror, that's exactly how we feel about ourselves. We say, I'm old, discarded, hard clay. There's no purpose for me. I haven't been used. I'm not pretty. I serve no purpose. I'm not efficient in anything. And so I'm just going to waste away. Who cares? It's pointless. But here's the thing that we have to remember. God is an artist. He is the potter. And as much as we might feel like we are old, hardened, discarded clay, He looks at us and He sees purpose. And he sees beauty. And so what he does is he works with us. And he pours that water of grace and love into our hearts and over our lives. And he starts to work on us. And it might be a little painful at times. What he's doing is he's softening that heart. He's softening that clay, that hard clay that we've become. He's saying, I'm going to use you for something. I'm going to make you beautiful. As much as you don't think that you are, I am going to make you something that you never thought possible. Right now, you feel like you're in a trash can, discarded and hard. Oh, but do I have plans for you? Well, I don't see it, God. You're not the potter. I don't understand it, God. You're not the artist. I am. I'm the creator. Look to what I've created and doubt me. I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to make something out of you. This next verse, um, we have to understand that before we can even grasp what the second verse is saying. But I want to read this first because the, the, the song is based out of Isaiah 64, but what, I want to read Isaiah 29. When Isaiah the prophet is, is going along with the same analogy as God as the potter and us as the clay. And he says this starting in verse 16. He says, how foolish can you be? I can be real foolish. Anybody else? How foolish can you be? He is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should, he, should the created thing say of the one who made it, he didn't make me? Does a jar ever say the potter who made me is stupid? No. But do we ever tell God he's stupid? All the time. Maybe not with those exact words, but how we act and the things that we say. Listen, think about the things that you say about yourself. Think about those things sometimes. The negativity and I'm useless. I can't, I can't measure up. I'm not qualified. Jason talked about it last week. The things that we say about ourselves, all those things, those negative things, we are saying to God, you are stupid. You are not a good creator. You messed me up. And though you might be calling me here, it's not going to work because of who I am. Let's not get it twisted. God is the creator. And if he says so, then he says so. He is the potter. We are the clay. 
He is forming something in us. And it is an ongoing work where it just gets more beautiful and more beautiful and more purposeful and more purposeful. But if we sit there and just look at him all the time and say, God, you're stupid, I can't do anything, then we're just gonna, just, just gonna stay and remain a lump of clay. We have to take him for his word and understand who he is and be confident in that because God is confident in his abilities. He never looks at you and says, that's a waste. Let's just get rid of it. I see no purpose. Never, never. He looks at us and he says, you are the best kind. You are the best kind. And so then our response, our response is this. So put me on your wheel now. Spin me around, spin me around. Place me in your flame now until you see through me and I'm ready to come out. Ready? 1 Peter 1, 7 says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Listen, I would love to say that we are refined by winning the Powerball lottery. Okay? I wish that was in the Scripture. I've looked for it. I don't find it anywhere. We are refined by fire. And if you take some clay and shape it into a bowl or a mug or whatever it might be, a beautiful statue, and you don't put it in the kiln, it's never going to serve its purpose. It's going to be soft and eventually it's going to lose shape. It's going to be sticky. It's never going to be able to be painted or decorated or put on a shelf or used in any way. That pottery, that clay has to go into the kiln. It has to go into the fire to get hardened, to be, to be strong and secure so that when in the right time, it can be taken out and used for its purpose. We have to understand that when God puts us in that fire, we are being refined and he compares it to pure gold. That's the value that he has in us. And I love, I love the lyric where it says that until you can see through me, until we get to that point where we're like, God, here I am. I've surrendered everything to you. Just like we sang earlier. This is my surrender. See everything in me. See through me. See inside and out, God. Here I am. Until you see through me, I'll stay in this fire until you decide that I'm ready to come out. And then once you decide, I'm ready. And here's the amazing thing about God. He's with us in the fire. He doesn't just place us in there and say, all right, I'll see you in a couple months. Good luck. Say your prayers. Go to church. Eat your Wheaties. And then I'll come back when I think you're ready. He says, let's go into this fire together. Let's go. And you're going to be hardened. You're going to be strong. You're not going to crack. And then when we're ready, we'll go out together. And I'm going to, when, when you look back on that fire and you look in the mirror, you're not even going to recognize yourself. You're going you're gonna to remember that discarded, hard, useless clay. And you're going to say, who was that guy? Who's that? Because what I see now, after I've been with you, God, now that I trust you, I'm starting to see you. or I'm starting to see me as you see me as someone that has purpose, someone that is beautiful. But we have to understand that God is the potter and we are the clay. Will you let him work with you? 
It says, and all that was broke, it won't be broken after this. No, not after this. And all that was dead is finding life again. And I love this, and a true friend that so happens to be the potter. God is so much more than just an artist with us. He is that, but he is our friend. And we, when we allow him to shape us, when we allow him to put us in the fire with him and to be refined and not run away from it, when we come out, all that was broke won't be broken. Those things in our lives that we look at and they feel broken, whether it's relationships or finances or, or whatever it might be, our health, they're not going to be broken after this. Our faith, our belief in him won't be broke after this. And all that was dead is bringing to life. That's the promise of our God and our maker and our potter. But we can't try and clean ourselves up. We can't try to put ourselves on our own wheel. Put me on your wheel now, Lord. Put me on your wheel. I'm the band come up. We're going to close this morning with some more worship. But you know, in four days from now, we're going to gather, celebrate Thanksgiving. Has anyone... Feels like this year that we've almost, I mean, a lot of us have skipped over Thanksgiving already. Like it's happening and that's cool, but anyone have their Christmas tree up already? And a few of us? Okay, no shame. No, no it's a judgment-free zone. We don't have our Christmas tree up yet. If it was my decision, we probably would. But Jesse's been decorating the house and, and we definitely, what about Christmas music? Anyone playing Christmas music in the house? Okay, a little bit more. We're definitely playing Christmas music. It's like we're just trying to skip over uh, Thanksgiving this year just because we just want to get to Christmas and have a little more reason to celebrate. But you know, as you gather this week and as you consider Thanksgiving and everything that's going on with the world, what do you think about this message? That everything that's going on, the past that you might have lived, even the things that we're struggling with today, to remember that God is our, pot, is, is our potter and our creator and the one that cleanses us. We have so much to be thankful for in this year, in this week, and on Thursday, that God keeps us. And this has been a year where we have been in the kiln. God has been refining us, but drawing us back to Him, all for a purpose, all for a reason. Some of us may have felt discarded, useless, and we haven't let Jesus take us and work with us. We've been trying to do it all ourselves. We've tried to be our own potter and the clay. And it doesn't work like that. And we need to remember, out of everything that God has created, He comes after us. He comes after our heart. He comes after our life to save us, to mold us, and to make us something that we never thought possible. Let's not run from the fire. But go in it knowing that God is with us and he will see us through. And in the right time, he will pull us out and we will be something that we never thought possible. But if you're sitting in here this morning, if you're watching online and you feel like you are discarded, like you have all the ugliness and the filthiness, you need to hear today that Jesus is after you. He is pursuing you and he is calling you the best kind ever and that he loves you. And all you have to do 
is say, Lord, Jesus, I believe. I believe you take over. You be my potter and I'll be the clay. And I trust you to shape my life. So I just want to give a moment to those in here and those watching online, if that's you, to just pray to the Lord. You may have never prayed before in your life. It's not hard. It's just sharing your heart. And it can be as short as God, I believe. And we're going to close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you take the broken things and you make them beautiful. You take us, Father, and we're broken, Lord. We're broken. And you make us whole again. You put all those pieces, God, back together in a way that we never could. And for that, Jesus, this morning, we say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus for never giving up on us, for seeking us out, Lord, with everything that you've created. Your expert craftsmanship, God, you call us the best kind. And in our worst times, God, in our worst places, you call us the best kind. And you take us in your hand and you clean us off and you take the broken things and you make them beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, right now that we would be able to just choose to believe that. As hard as it might be, God, we, we say, what, what about this? What about everything I've done? Help us choose to believe that this morning, to trust in you, that you are not a liar, that you are not stupid, but that you love us, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We're gonna close with a song. Y'all can stand as we, be, as we enter back into worship. And it's a song that we sang earlier. It says, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Letting God take control, trusting in Him with our lives and saying, I'm gonna make room for you to do whatever you want to. And I encourage you this morning to let that be your prayer. Let that be the cry of all of our hearts. That is what we are doing here at Beaches Chapel. We are giving God the space we are giving him the room to operate in the way that he sees fit, to do whatever he wants to do in us personally and as a church family. So let's, let's make that our prayer this morning. Let's make that our cry. Thank you, Jesus.